Convos for Wedding Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Aislinn, and I'm so excited for today's podcast episode. We have a treat for you guys. We have a guest speaker, and this is already, I know it's going to be an amazing conversation. But before we get into today's episode, I want to celebrate one of my Success Accelerator program clients. My client, when she came to me, her photography businesses it was going pretty well, like, but her packages weren't really doing her any favors. She couldn't seem to like break past this like 6,500 mark. And she was starting to get super frustrated because she knew she wanted to charge around 8K for weddings and take on less work, maybe even take on more portrait sessions, but she wasn't sure who to target. She didn't know how to zone in on her messaging to attract her ideal client. And she just was getting frustrated with what she was doing. She knew she needed to do something different. Within a few months of being inside of SAP, she not only booked an $8,500 wedding package, she also had her first $25,000 cash month in business. I'm so incredibly proud of my client, and it's so exciting to see my clients make these big changes that it actually takes to raise your prices, which is why I am so excited about today's guest, because if you are wanting to make 2024 the year that you raise your prices and you book out your dream wedding clients, you're going to need to listen to these website and messaging strategies. So without further ado, please welcome Ariel, founder of I Do Design Studio. She's a branding and website specialist. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yes, I'm so excited for, to be here. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to be talking about optimizing your website for engagement season. We're going to talk about different strategies to make wedding businesses um, stand out like in their websites during a very crucial time of year. So I would love to hear more about your background and why you are like the expert to talk about this. Oh, okay. Expert. I will take that. Um, So pretty much, you know, I manage a wedding venue and I actually have my website design business. So I know a lot about what's going on in the industry, which is very helpful when designing for wedding pros. So as far as like the design business, that pretty much escalated from, I started as like a side hustle doing logos and like, you know, branding for people. And it just, people wanted more for me, like literally just kept asking me for more. And then, you know, eventually I dabbled in web design. And in 2016, I officially started my website design business just right before COVID, I actually niched down to wedding professionals because I was already working in a wedding venue. So I was like, two things go great together. So, and, you know, I haven't looked back since. So that's pretty much how I came together. And, you know, I'm loving what I'm doing. And I love the audience that I get to help with, you know, every day. I love that you have that transition from just being wedding venue to being both wedding venue and website design, because I think that that's very interesting to my audience is how I transitioned out of weddings and into coaching. And so a lot of my clients and a lot of my audience are people who are doing multiple things. So I love that that's your story. Yeah. I feel like wedding pros are kind of like their own club where like, it's like you how did you find it? Like, how did you become a wedding pro? Like most of us have other hobbies as well. So it's kind of interesting, especially like, I love getting that out of my clients of like figuring out like, why did you become like, why did you start this? Like, how did you get here? (laughs) So that's always one of my fun little questions I always like to ask. Yeah, I bet. Because like as a website designer, like part of what you need to know from your clients is what their story is. Oh, for sure. That's what sets them apart, you know? And that's one thing we like to highlight on the site because if you're blending in with everybody else, all your competitors, especially those in your area, you're not going to be memorable. You know, if you're just the same old type of photographer or venue or, you know, catering company, event planner, whatever, 
you know, if you don't stand out, if you don't have a story behind it, especially nowadays, people want that story. They, they, they want to know the behind the scenes. They're, they want that content. <laughs> They're nosy nowadays. So they want to know it and it's good to put it on your site. Yeah. And I think that extends beyond just your story to the type of language you use. It extends to the type of words you're using on your website. And of course, like, you know, the, the photos and the imagery, it's, that's going to be a part of what sets you apart. But I could look at 10 different wedding photographers' websites and I could tell you like what their price point is. I could tell you whether or not they're, you know, interested in setting themselves apart from like people around them and whether or not they have a good process. I can tell you that just by looking at your website. So if your clients are coming in and they're looking at, let's just say 10 other photographers and they see the same words, they see similar images, they see similar price points, what actually sets you apart? Right. Oh, for sure. And that is one thing. Actually, I just did this with a photography client is she wanted to attract more luxury clients and her website was really fun colors, you know, family photos. I was like, well, if you want luxury wedding photos, we need to switch out these photos, the color scheme, like it's a different vibe, you know, as far as bright colors, I mean, which you can have luxury bright colors, but it's definitely a different tone. It's kind of like, I always love this analogy is like, if you were going to have your birthday, like, were you, are you going to go to McDonald's or are you going to go to like Ruth Chris Steakhouse? It's a different vibe and just like ambiance. And same with your website, you know, people looking for an experience, a luxury experience are going to obviously choose one option over the other. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you like talk about this with your clients, but there are subconscious cues. There are like body language cues. There's going to be like word choice cues. There's going to be, um, you know, cues in the actual imagery of like what your clients are wearing or what like the like scenery around them is that it's going to like inform the person who's viewing your website, whether or not you might be a good match before it ever hits your actual like conscious mind. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes, definitely. And like, I always like to tell people is like, you want to put the photos like that are on your website that your audience is going to imagine themselves in. Like that's what you want on your site. If you don't like a certain photo because it's not attracting the right type of clientele, don't put that on your website because those types of people are going to be looking at that photo like, oh, that's me. Where if you have luxury photos, the luxury clients are going to find you. Yeah. And there's, you know, so I was a luxury wedding photographer. Our last weddings that we did were in the ten to $17,000 range. So like when I say luxury, like I'm not joking, I was. So like there is a difference actually in luxury and aspirational luxury. And I think um, this actually goes along with like websites and goes along with like your image choices on your website. If you're putting a lot of like styled shoots or things that aren't real on your website, it's going to speak to a different client that may pay you a different price point. So you have to like be like kind of really cognizant of these things. And this is why I truly believe in working with professionals and working with web designers and working with people who like know this stuff because we can't know everything in our business. We can't be like master marketers. We can't also be like mastery at like communication, all the different things and photography. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to have people like you who like have this expertise and that you can go to, to hire this stuff out. Oh, for sure. My, my whole thing is stay in your lane sometimes because like, <laughs> by all means, like I have a camera, but am I a professional in no way? That's why I pay, you know, a brand photographer to take my photography photos because it's a big difference than, you know, my cell phone photos and that. And it shows on my website and on anybody's website, whether it's a 
you know, selfie photo versus a professional brand photo. And kind of same goes with weddings. It's different if Aunt Sue is taking the photos versus a luxury photographer. So yeah, big difference. Absolutely. So I think this is a perfect segue into just kind of like what we're here to talk about and the the thing that you and I like we're so passionate about making sure that this po- like podcast episode was about which is prepping you guys for engagement season. So engagement season is basically here. It's here. You're probably already getting inquiries and if it's not here it is right around the corner. So I want to talk about ways that wedding professionals can prep their website for the influx of inquiries and I want your opinion on just like different strategies they can be using here. Yeah, no, it is engagement season, full bloom. I mean, it's like, like I said earlier, our Super Bowl of, you know, the year pretty much. So I think it's a, it's a cool thing to realize too, that between Thanksgiving and between um, Valentine's Day, there's 40% of engagements happen in that window. Like 40% is massive. So yes, this is prime time. More people are going to be cruising your website because they're going to be looking for those wedding vendors. And the thing I like to I like to paint the picture is imagine a couple cozy up on the couch, ready, you know, to start looking for wedding vendors. And they they open up that laptop and they're scrolling the internet and oh, they see a vendor, eh, they see another vendor, eh, but then they find the one. Like imagine that, like your website, and it just speaks to them. It's just like, oh, this is the one I want to work with. That's what you want. You want to captivate them right out the get-go before they even jump on a call, before they even inquire, before any of that. You want them to be like, oh my gosh, I have to work with this person. Like this is the one for our wedding. And you want to build that excitement. Like it's sometimes even the simplest of things on your website, you know, but as far as engagement season come, like that it's here and it's (laughs) coming. Yeah. Um, so pretty much you want to make sure you have those juicy testimonials. You want to make sure you have those photos that are going to captivate them. And you want to make sure that your copy is up to date. You know, this is the time to really just make sure everything is in tip top shape because you want to get them right out the get go. You want them to be like, eh, and move on to the next one. You want to be that one that they like reach out to. So engagement season is the time. (laughs) Yeah. Also just like a note on my side of things, like, uh, make sure your inquiry form works. Like now is the time to do it. Like don't wait until like the end of December and be like, oh, maybe I should check my systems. Check it now. Just check it now today. Like go through, like do a test form, make sure all the things like make sense. Make sure that like if you have an automated email that goes out to them after like you they submit a form, make sure that email is up to date. Make sure it doesn't say July 2021 on it. <laughs> like, I, there are a lot of wedding professionals that I see that their backend is like so messy. And then they're like, I don't understand why people are ghosting me. I don't understand why people aren't booking me. And it's like, well, that first impression is worth a lot. And when they're on your website, that can be their first impression. And then like first impression 1.5 is when they like hit the inquiry button and that inquiry button doesn't work. Done. Out. Sorry. You're not our photographer. If you can't have a website that works. Right. And with that, it's kind of, it goes hand in hand. So your website, okay, they're ready to book. And then the whole experience happens from there. So your whole workflow. So whether it's your pricing guide or their next steps or to book a call or whatever, that needs to be automated or set up. I mean, have that first inquiry email ready to go, whether it's automatic in HoneyBook or Dubsado or whatever you use, like have that ready to go because it's like, you know, they want to hear back from you right now. Like, 
I think in today's world, couples and most of us are like, I want it and I want it now. So they don't want to wait for an inquiry because it's the holiday weekend. No, you need to have that set up. And that's all a part of this whole process during engagement season. It's like making sure your whole process is going to (laughs) run. Yeah. And so the way that we did this when we were in the like, I'd say like 6K to 17K range, the way that we did this was they would submit the form on our website and then it would send back an auto response that said that we would get back to them in 24 to 48 hours. And it had like our little like office hours on there. So they knew that they would get a response with us, like from us, like within that amount of time. So just because like, you know, they might want it now, sometimes the only response they want is to know that you got an inquiry. Like they need to know that you're like, you got it on your side of things. So just setting up that simple system can start to build trust before you ever have a conversation with them. And that's truly what we want. People are going to pay a premium when they trust your like brand before you've ever had a conversation with them. Right. And essentially that's like your first impression. Like that's the first impression that they're going to get from you is like, okay, did they get my email? Did, did they get it? Like, you know, so yeah, making sure that they get something is better than nothing. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some common mistakes that you're seeing wedding pros making when it comes to their websites? Like what are some of the things they can be like cleaning up right now? So for sure is obviously not updating it. So when you see a site and it's like super old, like, you know, back from 2006 or something, like it makes you cringe. And, and trust me, couples know, they can see that. Um, the other thing is call to actions. Like I'm sure maybe you've heard this term before. Call to actions is pretty much telling them what to do. Like you need to have those crystal clear. Don't make it hard for them to find out how to get in touch. Don't make them have to like search your whole site to find that button. Like put call to actions throughout the pages on your site, make them crystal clear, make it guide them. It's like a journey, like guide them to where they need to go. I like the analogy too, of it's like going to Target or Walmart or whatever, and you're ready to check out, but there's nobody there. Like they're ready to inquire. How do they do it? You know, let, like, let them lead them that way of, okay, get in touch right here, click that button. And then let's start that whole workflow. <laughs> so that's probably the biggest. Um, the other thing is, especially today, in today's world, think of who is using your site. So a lot of, you know, not no longer millennials, maybe Gen Z, um, are using their cell phones. So you want to make sure your site is mobile responsive Half the time I'll go to a site on their mobile and it is horrible. There's text overlapping. It's just clunky. It's things aren't working right. So just make sure that your mobile site is up to par with your desktop version. Yeah. And if you guys are like trying to DIY this and you're not like ready to hire someone to like help you overhaul these things, I just want to give you permission to not do a hundred hours worth of work on this and just do like two hours this week. This week, sit down for 30-minute segments, do what you can, get up, walk away, stop doing that right now. Like, just, like, give yourself, like, small chunks to work on instead of being like, oh, I have to spend $10,000 on an entire website overhaul. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can. You absolutely can. That's your choice, your prerogative, but no, you don't. You can break it down into smaller chunks and work with what you have right now. And then when you are ready to hire someone to help you overhaul or even do like, I, I believe you do like uh like website, like VIP day kind of things, like you can go to a professional at that point, but 
for now, if you are doing DIY, just like break it up into smaller chunks so that you actually can get something done. Yes. Oh, and I will piggyback on that. You know, half the time, like if I get an inquiry, like not everybody is ready for, you know, a premium site or, you know, uh, to work with a designer. Sometimes you're just starting out and you just need something. And like you said, you know, a DIY site is okay. It's better than no site at the end of the day. Right. So if you don't have the funds to be like paying a designer, by all means, you know, try to DIY it slowly, but surely and just go through it little by little and you'll have something opposed to nothing. And then when you are ready, which is usually like a couple years in, you're like, okay, you know, I got this. I know, I know what I'm doing now. Now I'm ready to, you know, upgrade and like really go at it. And that's when it's like, okay, let's work with a designer. Let's streamline this, get it off my plate. And that's when you should reach out, but not in the beginning. DIY is totally fine. Yeah. I like, I started my business when I was 16 years old. The first wedding I shot was at 17 and I was a baby, like the first couple of years of my business. And I remember like my website was terrible, but people still paid me three to $4,000 to photograph their weddings. This little like 20 year old running around getting paid that much. So I just, I want to like say that like, yes, your website is important. It is like a like first impression, but also that it's okay to be where you are right now and aspire to work with a designer maybe next year or in the next couple of years. Yes, for sure. I would agree with that. So because you were a venue manager slash you still are a venue manager, you have this super unique perspective on what you look for when you're referring other vendors, I'm sure. What do you see on someone's website that makes you say like, absolutely, yes, I will refer that person. And absolutely, I will never refer that person. So for sure, testimonials. I mean, nowadays, I think most of us, you buy anything on Amazon, you buy anything, you read testimonials, you want to see the reviews, you want to know all about it before you invest in something. So social proof is a big thing. Like you want to see how other people have worked with so-and-so. What did they experience? Because then you can imagine what you will experience. So that is one thing. The other thing I would say is probably like up-to-date photos. And for me as a web designer as well, it's like, I look at the website and see like, okay, are they investing in themselves in their own business? Because to me, that tells me a business has their act together. Like yes. you got it together. You, you find that this is a marketing tool that is important. You know that I want to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's your like, no, I will not refer you if you, if you see this on someone's website. Ooh. Okay. So Probably if it's like cell phone photos. I mean, in today's world, weddings are so like visually and photo focused. If you cannot get like photos from one of the weddings you've worked with, yeah, that would probably be either cell phone photos or like stock photos. It's just cringe. Like, you're not going to build my trust. I'm sorry. Like, you can't find any photos. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to um, piggyback on something you said about testimonials, because I think there's a lot of people in the wedding industry who think that the only way you can get testimonials is from Google reviews. I want to give you guys permission right now that if a client texts you and they have something nice to say, that's a testimonial. If they send you an email and they have something nice to say, that's a testimonial. If they send you a DM on Instagram, that's a testimonial. And what you can do is you can take those words and put them on your website. You don't have to share the screenshot of an Instagram DM. As a coach, I can do that because that's like the industry I'm in at this point. But if I, you know, I actually did 
like get some Instagram DMs from my wedding clients when I was still a wedding photographer. And I would take those and I would share them on Instagram, of course, like the actual screenshot, but I would take the words and I would put them on my website. So I think um, one of the conversations I would love to have is around like what makes a good testimonial to put on your website. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, yes. No, this is this is an important one too. So when you're like done with your wedding or, you know, your event, I usually like send like a series of questions. And sometimes I like to just make it casual, like in an email, like telling them like, Hey, you know, so great to have you blah, 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 you know, the fluff. And then weave in those questions, like, Hey, if you've got a spare minute, could you answer a few questions for me? And I like to think of it as you want to, you want to try to get their, their experience out of them. You want to pull those words out of them. So then you can form that testimonial. So you kind of like ask them, like, you know, how are you feeling before you booked? Um, you know, how are you feeling like after, you know, you want to ask some of those questions. So then it gets them to kind of like, oh, well, you know, before I was a little concerned about the price, but you know, now that we had our event and it was so amazing. See how like the testimonial is forming and you want that juicy testimony. You don't want to just to say like, oh, it was a great, you know, day. Like you don't want that. You want something that's really going to give quality content back and like sell for you essentially. So by having strategic questions, that's going to give you those testimonials. Yeah, I absolutely agree. We used to ask our clients when I was a wedding photographer, what was your favorite part of the experience? And so usually in their like commentary back, they would say like the best part of the experience with Ace Portraits was XYZ, XYZ, or Aislinn and William were so good throughout the entire experience or throughout the entire process. Like, and that was like the type of like gold that I needed to sell my services because as a premium photographer, as a luxury photographer, people needed to trust that like, not only do I have a process, but also that people actually like my experience. If you're charging, you know, budget prices, like it, at that point, it's a price game. It's not a trust game. So like, as you're kind of um, expanding and like scaling into like higher prices, you're going to need more of those testimonials that specifically talk about your process, specifically talk about the experience with you and specifically talk about like how people felt around you, because that is the kind of stuff that your potential clients going to be able to step into and be like, oh, that's what it's going to feel like for me. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. They, they want to envision themselves in your shoes, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So on our website, we had a what to expect when working with us section of our website. It was on the first page. What other website elements should wedding pros add to their website during the season? Like what are some different like elements that they can add besides testimonials? Because we I feel like we've kind of covered that. You guys should have testimonials on your website. What other elements can they have on their website? So I I think there's two parts that often get overlooked, actually. Um, One is the about, the about page. So nowadays, like I said earlier, people are curious. They want to know you. They want to know about you. They want to know why to choose you. And with the about page, you want to actually make it about them. It sounds really weird to say that. It's not actually about you, but it's about them and what you can do for them. That is one of the biggest things where I go to somebody's about page and it's all about them. At the end of the day, I hate to tell you this, but people don't really care about you. (laughs) Like They care about what you're going to do for them. That's the biggest thing. Um, So how are you going to help them? Like, are you going to, you know, give them all these swoon worthy photos? Are you going to do this? You know, painting that on your about page is going to sell it. So it's like almost like working it for you. 
Um, and then the other thing is like your last like little bit of hope is actually your contact page, which it sounds silly, like your contact page. Shouldn't I just put a form there and say, email me or whatever? No, this is your last chance to sell. Like this is the last page that typically somebody will go to before they inquire or if they don't inquire. Like, so this is where you can like really put some FAQs, maybe put a link to your portfolio, like anything else that you can give them on that page. That's like the last hurrah. So I would say those are kind of two like hidden things that get overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. I think those two sections of the website can really like make or break whether or not someone actually clicks the submit button on your inquiry form. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking back to like what our about page said. So towards the end of our um, of my career, I had my husband as my second shooter. And so on our about page, we had us together and we talked about how we work together on a wedding day. And there, there was a small section about me and how I am like the the creative uh, I, I like I am the creative in um, the the business, and it talks about how my husband is the engineer. He is the logical side of the business, and the reason this works so well, we had a lot of clients who would literally quote our about page like to us during the, the consultation. The reason it worked so well was because uh, basically, like we we lived in a very like artist marries an engineer like town. We had a lot of engineers as our, um, like as part of our couples. And so it like really resonated with people that like part of your team is going to be an engineer. Part of your team is going to be a creative, but also like how we work together beautifully. Our clients loved that so much. So just thinking too about like, it's not just about like you as a person, but it's like how you connect with the person across the table from you. Right, right. This is your chance to like, tell them how that's all going to work and whatnot. And like, kind of like what you guys did is you married the two saying like, why you're joining forces and how it's going to be so great. That probably was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. You know, um, instead of just an about page about like you and you know, your awards and like, I mean, they're great or whatever, but at the end of the day, again, they want to know what's, what are you going to do for them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also just like, people don't care if you like coffee, they don't <laughs> care if you have a dog. They don't care that you like wanted to be a photographer since you were five years old. They do not care that wedding days are your special place. They, they just don't care. Like those phrases right there, if I see them on your website and you're one of my clients, we're going to have a conversation because they're coming off your website immediately. <laughs> and also, I actually had this conversation with one of my clients recently on her website. And I lovingly told her, like, we're taking this off. On her website, she said something about like... Um, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the wedding planning process, I'm the perfect photographer for you. Meanwhile, she was telling me that she was having clients who were difficult, who wanted them, like they, they wanted her to like mother them. They wanted her to make all the decisions for them. They were very indecisive. And I was like, this piece on your website right here is exactly why you have these clients on your books for 2024 and 2025. If we take this off and we just switch it just slightly, just the messaging, just tweak a little bit, you are going to see a vastly different type of client coming through your door. So yes, website design, but also messaging is a huge thing. Oh, for sure. And yeah, that line, that is, that's literally like saying, I will help you do everything. 
So yeah, so definitely like switching the wording and messaging, that is so important. And that even goes with like your branding and all of that, but that's a whole nother story um, of, you know, your messaging and how you're communicating to your clients for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm sure you see some really interesting things on on websites too. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Well, let's talk about three strategies wedding pros can do during the next couple of months to prep their websites. What's just three like rapid fire things that they can do? So rapid fire. Hmm. Okay. So SEO, I'm going to just say that because like this often gets overlooked and a lot of people don't have really good SEO and it's really not that hard. I mean, it's, it's an ever changing thing, but SEO, if you can just put in some keywords, make sure your location is like on your site. Cause like half the time you'll go to a website and I'm like, I don't know where you're located. Do you work in my state? Where are you? Like, you know, so having that on there and like having some, you know, you know, SEO content, that is going to be gold. So that is one thing. Um, the next thing, again, mobile friendly, make sure it's mobile friendly. Like so many people are planning on the go nowadays. Like you want to make sure that, you know, your site is good to go. And then maybe even like, I don't know, like the third one. Oh, um, switching photos. Yeah. I mean, switching photos, but I mean, we kind of said that already. So I was trying to think of another one. So SEO, mobile friendly, switching out photos, and maybe just refreshing your messaging, making sure it still aligns with you and your business. That would be probably one of the next things. Yeah. I want to piggyback off of the SEO thing, because like you, you mentioned like having it on your website and like optimizing it. I think one of the easiest ways that you can do this is just write a couple of extra blog posts over the next few, few months, few weeks. Um, so we like, we had a lot of people find us because we had the very first styled shoot at a venue that opened up in uh, the town that we lived in. We were the first ones who did a styled shoot. And I think I wrote five blog posts. And then over the course of several months, I like, you know, had those blog posts go out. Every single one of those blog posts said the name of the venue and then me as a photographer. So it would say like, I'm just going to tell you guys, it would say um, Harvest Hollow uh, wedding venue, like would be like on the actual, um, like on the actual blog. And then it would also say Alabama wedding photographer. So because I had that on my blog, we got picked up a lot by Pinterest. So we got picked up a lot by like other places who were like penning us like on different things. Um, and I really do think that helped our SEO a lot. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Because anytime anybody's searching for that venue, because typically the venue is one of the first things to get booked they're searching for that venue and like, Oh, look who's popping up with it. You know? So it's kind of like, you're like piggybacking off of them a little bit, um, strategically through your SEO. So yeah, writing blog posts about like some of the venues you go to, or one of my photographers, she wrote, um, a blog post about like what to wear to your engagement photo shoot. So when people are looking for engagement photo shoot photographers, she's popping up and like, so it's kind of thinking, thinking ahead of the curve and like kind of like thinking about what people are searching for. Uh, and obviously there's like an order of things. So, you know, the venue is a great one, like piggybacking off of that, or, you know, even just like, you know, having a blog post about for a photographer, like um, a blog post about, you know, top five most romantic venues in X city or whatever, you know, like, So it's not really about your photography business, but you're putting all these venue names on your site. So when somebody's looking for that venue, you're showing up. So yeah, you can do strategic SEO. 
Yeah. Yeah. We used to do that a lot. And I think that's part of the way that we built extra trust was that, you know, someone would see like, oh, my friend got married and they hired this person, but then they would go and search that venue. And then we would show up again with a different wedding in the Google like search. So like we had that working for us, like in the back end. Um, but yeah, blogging, I think is a really great one. And there are a lot of things that were not available when I was a wedding photographer, like chat GPT. And I think PicTime now has a blogging feature where it'll like AI write it for you. Like, I personally feel like there's no excuse, like as far as like blog writing, like you could put one out a month. That's 12. That is 12 blog posts that you have to write this year. Like you could do it. I promise. Oh yeah. You could batch it in probably one weekend. You could probably just schedule them, batch them. They'll post by themselves. And then also too, it's kind of like a revolving door with blogging. I know a lot of people, when I tell them like, you should blog, they like cringe inside, but it's a revolving door because that blog post, then you could have a social media post and then you could have a Pinterest post and then a newsletter. So you could technically use those for multiple things and it's all kind of like working together, you know? So yeah, definitely kind of working all that into your marketing is, yeah. My SAP, like my signature program clients were like really excited a couple months ago because I dug up my old blogging schedule calendar and I still had like 30 blog post titles and I like showed it to them. They were like, oh, this is brilliant. And I was sharing it with them. And I was like, come on, guys, we can blog. Like you literally just go use this and go like write your own blog post. Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, so if someone wanted to burn their website to the ground, which I'm sure people come to you all the time with that. So they wanted to burn it to the ground, but nothing was actually wrong. What advice would you give them? At first, I'd say, slow down, take a deep breath, calm down. Um, I mean, it's easy to want to change everything on your site. I mean, especially like, oh, new trends, oh, light and reason, or dark, you know, and gloomy or whatever. So trends happen, obviously. You don't want to ride the, the trend train, I would say. But, you know, instead, you know, maybe there's some small tweaks that you can do that can make a huge difference. You know, obviously, too, getting some feedback from other people, looking at your analytics, seeing what's working, what's not, that can be, you know, a good way to identify what's actually working for you and whether or not you should take the leap to invest in like a whole new site or whatever. The mm -hmm. the little tip I like to have people do too is like pull up your website and have like an elderly or older parent try to work your site. Get their feedback because they're going to give you some raw feedback or you know, also you could have a child or maybe not a child, but like a teenager, use your, you know, use your site and get some feedback. Be like if it's hard for them to use, maybe take that in consideration, like something's not working. Um, so that's just kind of an, a way to kind of test things like in real life, like with people around you, but obviously any analytics, any data you can get, um, like you know, uh, Google analytics, search engine console, like those things are going to give you like raw data. Um, so like if there's blog posts that are like really working for you, like say you have a blog post about, you know, what to wear for your engagement photo shoot, maybe that one's like working out, like amazing for your site. You could be like, wow. Okay. So that's working really good. So maybe I should do some more. So that will bring more people to your site. And by tweaking your site and making edits, you don't need to burn the whole thing down. You just need to revisit your plan. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, clients that come to me who are like, I need to redo my entire website. And I can take like five minutes and look at it and be like, no, I think you're good. 
actually, you just need to fix this, this, and this. And like, we will work on that together. And then they do. And then all of a sudden they are like, oh, I came with to you with no leads. And now I have 13 leads in one week. And it's like, there are small tweaks that we can be making without having to literally go buy a new template. And I, gosh, like the holidays are such a hard time, like as a wedding industry creative, as far as like marketing and like capitalism, because this is the time that people are going to try to convince you that you need a whole new website, that you need like brand new equipment, that like nothing you're doing is working. You have to buy everything brand new. And it's like, let, let's take a breath here and see what we can do with what we have and make a choice of, I want a brand new website and I want to invest in a brand like website designer from a place of desire rather than FOMO or like somehow like being like, nothing is working for me. Like it's a very like, you know, like lack mentality versus abundance mentality. Like I'd rather work with a web designer when I feel like the desire to than like, because I think that I need to like start my business from scratch essentially. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, like you said, at the end of the year, everybody's just trying to sell you everything. So, you know, like I said, take a deep breath, but just see what you can tweak. And sometimes it's just your messaging or maybe some color psychology, like switching out some colors on your site. Like these little changes can make a big difference. So yes, for sure. Oh, I would love to hear more about color psychology. Like let's dig into that for a second. Oh, yeah. So I mean, the colors alone can invoke emotions. So I mean, you know, obviously red, you might not want to use red on your site because that, you know, signifies certain things. But, you know, if you are a light, bright, airy photographer, you might want to use some of those colors and tones because you're going to attract those types of people. Um, If you're dark and moody, you might want to use some of those like moody colors, because again, you're going to attract some of those types of people. And obviously, you know, certain colors have certain what they call psychology around them. So, I mean, um, I could go, I could go way into this. This would be a whole nother conversation, but you know, um, just kind of targeting certain colors on your site to attract certain people is a big thing. Um, I always like to tell people to don't just change all your colors because that's the color of the year. Like make sure. it. (laughs) Do people do that? I've had people that like want to change their brand or their colors like every year to something different. I'm like, why are you doing this? Your audience is going to be so confused. Like stick to your color palette. Like this is, you know, if this is like something like you really want to do, like change up your whole brand, like by all means we can, but you know, by changing it up, you're going to confuse people. So, I mean, just kind of like stick with what you have, unless there's like a psychological reason behind it. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we used a lot of like florals in our branding and a lot of not like in our logo, like I mean, like, uh, like the overlays in our um, website or like the like if we had a Instagram post, like we would have like flowers, but then we would have text on top of the flowers. Uh, We also use like a very like light blue. Um, It was kind of like an ice blue um, throughout like all of our branding. I don't really have a reason why, but it definitely was something people associated with us. And once people told me that they associated it with me, I was like, all right, fine. That's our brand colors. Like, (laughs) so you can also ask like, you know, like your audience and your clients, like what colors do you associate with our brand or with our business? Yes. And blue is a very popular one for weddings. Obviously, you know, something borrowed, something blue. Um, but it's also very, very known, you know, just in general for businesses to be very like trustworthy. You know, that's why you see blue a lot in different brands. So blue is always a good color. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just, it's really cool too. Cause I work with a lot of wedding professionals, like different types of wedding professionals. And when they show me their websites, like I could kind of see like certain reasons why people book them based on colors on their websites. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Like that you are attracting that kind of client and your website, like color scheme is this color scheme. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. Well, what are you up to these days? Where can people find you? How can people work with you? Like what is going on in your world that you want to share? So my design world anyways. Um, so pretty much right now I've been really working on website in a week. So I'll explain that. So pretty much, you know, I understand that as a wedding professional, we are very busy in our businesses and sometimes we don't want to wait three months for a website and we don't necessarily want to pay, you know, 10 K for a website when we just need a website, you know, up and running, you know, kind of to get us by, you know, but looks professional. So that's where I came up with this like website in a week package. So pretty much what this is, is it's a, a week dedicated to you. So I like to say it's like your wedding week um, for, for your business. Um, so pretty much we make over your entire website in that week span. I think I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it because it's literally concentrating on you. Like it's a complete overhaul. So um, it's, it's very streamlined. So each day we're working on a certain task and all that. So I think it's, it's been a very good um, thing for the wedding industry and the businesses that I've worked with. So website in a week, um, you choose your week and we get it done pretty much. I but um, you can read more on my website. Um, my website is I do design studio and, or you can message me on Instagram. I do design dot studio. Um, and I will answer any of your questions there, but yeah. I love that. And all of this is going to be in the show notes too. So you guys will be able to like find the links as well. So I'm curious, like, so you've got a website in a week, but then you have like full design too, like, right. Like, tell me more about that. Oh yeah. So website week was pretty much designed for people that just want something quick done right, you know, out the gate. So I do also offer brand design, which, you know, where we can do some brand strategy and really find a some branding and some colors that resonate with your business. Um, and then the third option is custom bespoke design. Um, so that's where we dive into strategy. We do research We like, it's very in depth and that's usually for wedding businesses that are really level, like ready to level up and really looking for that, which, you know, some people are. So, um, it's where we do strategy, um, we map out site maps, all sorts of things. So, um, that's a very in-depth process, but it, really pays off. <laughs> oh yeah. I bet. Like when, if you're going from like being a $3,000 photographer to being like a $6,000 photographer, that's the kind of overhaul that you're going to need because not only are you going to need the messaging tweaks, you're also going to need like the like subconscious things that are going to like, that a designer is going to be able to do for you. That's going to tell your audience that you are now a 6k photographer. Right. We don't want it to just be pretty. We want it to be functional and work for you and literally sell for you. And it's all about being strategic strategic in the design and the layout and things, not just having things there just to have things there, you know, so being smart about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys will be able to find all of that in the show notes, but what would you say like last piece of advice, like we're going into engagement season, like what's your, your like note that you want to end on today? So it's engagement season. It's not off season. It's your time to make over things, reassess your business, get yourself ready 
for the next season because your future self will thank you. Whether it's your website, whether it's branding, whether it's just looking over your packages, up your prices if you want to up your prices. Because remember, you're going to live with those prices for the next like two to three years. (laughs) So do those things now and your future self will thank you. Oh, I completely agree. If I see, like you say, like, oh, it's slow season, my brain is like, why are you labeling things busy season or slow season? Your business works every day of the year. Like your business is there every day of the year. Just because things slow down just a little bit doesn't mean that's the only time you should be working on your business. Right. There's always something more you can be working on. Yes. And there's usually things that are like money generating activities. If you're like, and I I have a whole training about this inside of my membership, like, like different money generating activities. But when it comes to your website, this is something that you can be tweaking throughout the year. You don't have to wait until the end of the year. You don't have to wait until like you're past the point of like needing to change your, your website. We used to change our website. Like, and I don't mean like the structure of it, but I mean like the photos, the messaging, we changed it probably every two months or so as we got new testimonials, as we got new photos, like as things were happening or like as clients would say certain things. If I heard a client and like multiple clients say certain things about our process or experience, you better bet that that was going in my messaging somewhere. Like as it happened, rather than like being like, oh, I have 365 days worth of things to think about. And now I have to go work on my website. Like let's, let's do things like in a more consistent way rather than an all or nothing way. Oh, for sure. And like doing that, even like quarterly, even if you did it quarterly, like, okay, I have my new testimonials. Let me put them in a spreadsheet because, you know, in case they delete their Google account, I want to make sure I have those, like making sure you're documenting those things and, you know, adding them to your site and doing things periodically. is going to be a big difference because also too, Google is seeing like, Hey, you updated your site. Like, Oh, there's new content. Let me look at it. So for sure. That's Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was such a great conversation. I know that the listeners are going to get a lot out of today's episode. So I'm just really excited to see like what they do with it. But I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I, I, I had fun. <laughs> All right, guys, everything that you need to know is going to be in the show notes, um, both my Instagram, her Instagram, as well as like how to contact us. But thank you again for being on the podcast and I will see you guys on the next episode.